So we're going to be in Jonah 2. You can start to turn there if, if you have a hardbound Bible. Uh, if you do have a hardbound Bible and you aren't familiar with the Minor Prophets, you're, you're no less of a man if you use the table of contents. All right, so you're good. All right, give you permission there. You can uh, download our app, get the Bible app, follow along up, up, up on the screen. So where we left our hero last week, Jonah, he had been thrown into the sea. Now he's floating to the bottom of the sea. Uh, and, and, and he was on his own throne of his life. And he was first. And he needs to move back to second. How do we move back to second in our life? <laughs> um, uh, Jonah chapter 2. <laughs> Sorry, when the wife walks in and she's looking mad, you, you kind of get distracted. All right, so, <laughs> but it was Gideon, not me. So we're good. <laughs> Woo! Got hot in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Take off my shirt. Yeah, I've got another one on. We're good. All right, so. The pastor just flashed everybody in church. Anyway, Jonah 2. Jonah prayed to the Lord God from inside the fish. Now, he prays from inside the fish, but this prayer is more like a song ballad about how about when he was in the sea. I called to the Lord God in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help in the belly of Sheol, or hell, or death. You heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. But I said, I have been banished from your sight. How do we move back to second? First of all, we feel like God has abandoned us, or God has left us. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, God never leaves us. Yes, theologically we know that, but when we're in that moment, we feel like God has abandoned us. And those of you that have gone through a moving back to second moment in your life, you have experienced that same exact thing. Now, the reality of what's going on is that Jonah kicked God off of the throne. And when we kick God off the throne, there's no more room for God to be there. And so God feels like he's gone because we've kicked him out. But the feeling is still there. In order to move back to second, we've got to feel that. We've got to feel that. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. You come into church because you're going, you're going I, I don't know if even there's a God. But maybe you're like Jonah. He says, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I don't feel God's presence, but one more time, I'm going to look towards you and see what happens. And maybe you're here this morning because this is your one more time. This is your one more time to look back to the temple. This is your one more time to look back to God. And other than that, you're out. Jonah's been through that same spot. Maybe you feel guilty for even feeling that. But guess what? Everybody that's moved back to second has felt that. Christianity is not a nice, clean little thing that happens. We'll see that in just a moment further. Jonah 2.5, the waters engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. See, he's in the sea right now. Sea reed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. That's how deep he is. The foundations of the mountains. The earth with its prison bars closed behind me forever. He was in his last moments of consciousness here. In order to move back to second, we've got to hit rock bottom. We've got to hit rock bottom. And until we hit rock bottom, we don't realize what it is to be at the end of our strength, so we're crying out for the strength of a God who can save us. 
And what's wrong with our clean Christianity? And pray this prayer is that we don't have to hit rock bottom. We just don't want to have to go to hell all of our eternity. So I'll pray a prayer. That doesn't work. We've got to actually need a God. And need a God that's stronger than us. And if you've ever had that move back to God moment, move back to second moment, you know what it's like to hit rock bottom and cry out to him and say, if you do not answer my prayer right here and right now, I'm going to die. Now that was literal for Jonah. But maybe for you, it wasn't necessarily literal, literal, but man, there's going to be something that's going to die within me. And if you're here this morning going, I've hit rock bottom, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Because our God is not only a God of second chances, but he is the God of rock bottom. Because of this. But you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, you hear that? He's almost gone. I remembered Yahweh. My prayer came to you, to your holy temple. See, when we're at rock bottom, God still hears in the holy temple. God still hears from the rock bottom. As Jonah said, I, 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 I was on my last breath, but you still heard in your holy temple. When I was running away from you, when I thought your presence wasn't there, you still heard my Prayer, God hears from the rock bottom. Those of you at rock bottom right now, you need to hear that. God still hears. There's hope. Church isn't about being clean. Church is about people who've hit rock bottom. That knows what it's like to be saved by a God, the God of the rock bottom, and who simply wants you to find this God of salvation. Now, when we're at rock bottom, there's a temptation. Those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. See, if alcoholism gets us to rock bottom, there's a temptation to go back to alcoholism to find our way out of rock bottom. But what are we really doing? We're digging a new rock bottom. Whatever idol that might be for you, that's the same thing that would happen. You're digging to a new rock bottom. But those have faithless love. They actually drain from you. They are faithless in their love. But God is faithful in his love. Even at rock bottom. Even when you hit rock bottom because you've run away from him like Jonah has. And not just run away. Let's be honest. Jonah walked away with his middle finger up in the air towards God. But his faithful love was still there. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. Salvation is from the Lord. He prayed this. Where? In the belly of a fish. He professed God's faithful love. Where? In the belly of a fish. The belly of the fish. The fish was not punishment to Jonah. Fish was salvation. If he had stayed a moment longer in that water, he would have died. Rather, God appointed the fish at the right time to save Jonah. Now, it might be discipline, God's loving correction, but it wasn't punishment. 
The difference I'm making between the two, punishment is, you filthy, worthless scum, you. Some of us may feel like God's looking at us like that. But when we're at rock bottom, God wants to save us, and the salvation may look like going from drowning in the ocean to the belly of a fish, but salvation. Some of you may have a hard time with the Bible because of the story of Jonah. No guy is going to ever, that can't happen. I don't have time really to get into some extra biblical stuff that, that, that's surrounding that, why I believe, not just because the Bible says so. I'll put that on Facebook this week. But Jesus affirmed Jonah's story. Why? Because he said it was the foreshadow to a resurrection. Foreshadow to his resurrection. And church isn't about praying a prayer to get cleaned up. Church is about being resurrected to a new life. We've got to die in order to experience that. In order to move back to second, we have to cry out to God at rock bottom. Jonah 2.10, there's another thing that has to happen. For the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah into dry land. In order to move back to second, salvation means there's some vomit that's going to happen. Salvation includes vomit. If we are being saved from rock bottom, it's going to be messy. And those of you that have had, has a story like this that says, oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 I was, I was drowning in the sea and I, it only got better to the fish's belly and then it vomited me out. I mean, it was messy. And those of you that have been in church for a while, it's going to be messy when we try to serve big and serve those far away from God. It's going to be messy. We're going to have drug addicts and, and, and alcoholics and porn addicts and, 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 and maybe porn stars and, and, and homosexuals and, 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 and those that are um, cheating. Spouses, embezzlers, coming to the cross point. No better place to be. Why? Because they can find the God of the rock bottom who saves from everything. And it's going to be messy. I'm going to tell some stories of moving back to second. I'm going to start, and then Paul and Gideon's going to go for two reasons. One, for those of you that have moved back to second to, to identify with the story and praise God for your salvation. And the reason why we're singing in between each one is for you to praise God for your salvation. For those of you at rock bottom, we're telling these stories so that you can identify with the story and go, if them, then me too. I want that too. Mine's maybe a little bit like Jonah. I, I, I didn't run necessarily I, morally. Although, I mean, I've got sin, but it wasn't like just running away morally. It was more in, the, in kind of the mission aspect. And it started when we went to Baldwinsville and tried to plant a church, Baldwinsville, New York, outside of Syracuse, and tried to plant a church. And, and it had a bad strategy, had a bad financial system, and, and it just fell apart two years in. And it, really, that wasn't, that wasn't, it wasn't there. I, we were still wanting to be in ministry. And August of 2010, that was when, that was when it just fell apart. The wheels fell off and God provided a job at Target, started sending out resumes to churches, and you know, you know, by Christmas, right? By Christmas, we'll be at a new place. Christmas came and went. Still at Target in central New York. 
what's going on? You know, January came and went, February came and went, and still, still there. And I kind of felt like a minister's purgatory, too old to be a youth minister, too young to be a pastor, and who wanted a failure to be their pastor, right? And so decided to hit the reset button, went back to seminary, or went back to Fort Worth at the beginning of April to go back to seminary. And it was strategic at the beginning of April. May was coming. People are going to be graduating. Jobs are going to be open up. Boom, within two months, we're going to have a job, right? Nope. May came and went. June came and went. Nothing. Got punched in the gut or a few inches lower again at the beginning of July. And I'd had enough. It's actually my birthday weekend, and I, I, I woke up, I mowed, and came in. I was like, let's, let's go to Springfield this weekend, just to get away. And so we, we came up to Springfield that weekend on, on our way back. We uh, started talking about some stuff that was kind of in, in, in our hearts, some ideas, some ministry ideas actually in our heart, and go, went back and ended up deciding to move up here in the middle of August of 2011 in order to, um, uh, I was going to quit at Target and then uh, 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 go back to refereeing. I wasn't refereeing at the time, go back to refereeing and um, poke at this idea and then see, see what God had, but really hit the reset button even further. You know. And so um, August and September and October, November went by, nothing, nothing, nothing. Kept getting punched in the gut. And was frustrated, just mad. Some things I thought you know was going to happen and almost was there, but then nothing. Nothing just seemed to work and fit. Just what's going on? At the, I think it was sometime in November of 2011. Um, I was just like, you know what? Several years. It seemed like everything that I prayed for. It wasn't just that God didn't let happen. He did the opposite. The opposite. I'd had enough. I was mad. Like, come on. Didn't you promise? Whatever we ask, right? Promise that. So it's like, I think I'm done with this prayer thing. And then the next thought that hit was, if I'm done with this prayer thing, then... What's their use in God? I feel like God's presence wasn't there. Rock bottom, spiritually. That thought, you know, it scared me, right? Scared me, like, whoa. It's a big leap. So, sometime around that time, I I, reading through Hebrews, and a verse out of Hebrews 5 popped up, and It said that Jesus, with tears and anguish, he prayed to the one who could save him from death, and he heard that prayer. Like, hold on, wait a minute, hold on. When Jesus prayed with tears and anguish, that was at the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And God answered that prayer. I mean, that was the resurrection. But what happened in between? Jesus praying to the one who could save him from death and him answering that prayer, Jesus actually died, right? It's like God saying, look, I, I need you to die. I need you to actually resurrect. I need to actually resurrect you. What was dying in me was kind of the way that, you know, a lot of us kind of grew up with, you know, doing church. Program, come to church, be at church, that proved how good of a disciple you were but rather leading a church built on hope and 
faith and love, joy and peace? What does it look like for people to actually hear and follow Jesus and lead a church that looked like that instead of just proving you're awesome by showing up at church? But I had to move to second. I had to die. I had to be resurrected. And he's still doing that. Still doing that. I don't know what's going on. I still feel like a failure, but at least a church figured they would hire a failure. Right? Thank you. Appreciate that. Because we all feel like that at some point in time or another. We've all hit rock bottom. We don't just have a God of second chances, but we have the God of the rock bottom. And we're going to go through these stories here in order for those of you that have gone through a similar story to rejoice in Jesus because of it. And if you are at rock bottom right now, we want you to realize that God is the God of rock bottom. And we want you to hear these stories so that you can know that God hears you at rock bottom. It may feel like he's not there, but he is. So as the band comes up and plays our first reflection song, what's your story of hitting rock bottom? Rejoice in the one who has saved you or cry out to the one you need to save you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, and I thank you that you are the God of the rock bottom. I pray, Lord, that we can cry out to you asking you for your salvation. In your name we pray. Amen.